English, there is 27 different phrases with the word balance. Hang in the balance, throw of balance, tip the balance, strike a balance, be in balance, of balance, mental balance, work-life balance, and many, many more. It seems we are using the word balance to describe, yeah, what, what exactly? What is the ideal balance that we are all aiming for? For instance, we know from research that the good mental balance will help you to cope with problems. You will have more balanced perspective and therefore you'll be able to deal with difficulties more effectively. But how can we find this balance? And is the balance truly what we need for happiness? To answer all these questions in this episode, Balance and Happiness, delighted to talk to Tessa van Kieken, experienced coach, healer and meditation teacher who is no stranger to helping people find spiritual balance in life. Let's see what Tessa has to say about the balancing act of life. Sorry. It's just too much balance in this intro. Anyway, my name is Claudia Mitura. I'm the work psychologist and learning and development specialist. You are listening to the brand new series three of unhappiness. I'm so excited to find an answer uh, to the bold question. What makes us happy? Tessa, welcome to End Happiness. I am so excited because we are speaking about balance and happiness. Thank you, Claudia. I'm so looking forward to this conversation and thank you for having me. I was reflecting before this episode. I really struggle on defining balance. As in, it seems quite straightforward state of mind or state of being, but Actually, it is quite tricky to explain. Uh, I know when I'm off balance, but I'm not sure I can really well define when I'm balanced. So how would you define balance? Mm, Yeah, I think interestingly, most of the time we think of balance as in you have one thing on the one hand and one thing on the other hand, and it needs to be exactly in the middle. But then you actually create something where there's only in a way there's like a tightrope right? So only if you're really on the tightrope, you're in balance. Whereas I think from my experience with my practices and the work I'm doing, that balance is when you realize that this one thing on the one hand and that other thing on the other hand, that they're both there. So when you can actually integrate them. For me, balance is when you start listening to your inner wisdom, when you start being more present within yourself, but also present with your surroundings. And then the balance comes from when you actually can listen, what do I need in this moment? Oh, I like the definition of not opposite poles, but really thinking about that integration. Because when I think of uh, being off balance, I definitely think that my attention 
goes into specific aspects and then forgetting others. So for instance, if I'm really concentrating on work, then I'm forgetting about rest. So then I feel, oh, no, 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 I need to rest now. And now uh, I'm going to be only resting. But then whilst I'm resting, I'm stressing about all those things that I have to do around work. So I like the fact that she's speaking. Yes, if you're thinking about the balances opposite spectrums, then you're thinking I'm working really hard or I'm resting really hard. But actually, it's finding that balance as in integrating those two aspects together so that you have more holistic approach. Any other examples from your practice, uh, how we can integrate those kind of polarized aspects on opposite ends? Yeah, when we're looking at being in balance to that it's not always about what is here now, as you mentioned, right? Like work versus more quiet time, but more like what do I actually need underneath that? For instance, the main work I do is with people who in one way or another are caring for others or supporting others. And what they very often notice is that they forget to tend to their own needs or that there is some guilt around, like, I need to be there for those people. But, you know, they find it harder to look after themselves. Or as I said, they just really forget. Whereas if they start seeing not so much again that, oh, I spent a certain amount of time looking for others and then I create me time again, that two opposites in a way, but see that if I want to be there for a client, then the better I feel, I can be there better for that client. So that again, the balance comes from seeing that actually in reality, there is no self-care versus care of others, but that if you're doing true caring, then it includes me and the other. So if I then can see that looking after me and then I move into a conversation with a client, do you imagine how much more present I can be there for that person? So that then it's not that I say, oh, I'm looking after me for the other person. No, I'm also looking after me for me and the other person. And in the end, I don't have to even make that distinction anymore. I can just say, hey, I'm looking after. I like that. Uh, and then do you think that integration can work for different type of balance that we may be struggling in life? So I'm thinking here, we definitely have this idea of attention balance. So I can already see that that applies really well, because if I'm directing attention to one thing, we feel we are maybe not giving attention to something else. So I can see how that integrative approach can work for that. What about two other different types of balances, as in cognitive balance, when it's having more balanced and open views about the world. So we're not going into extremes of what we believe. And then a second balance, emotional balance, when we're not having those really extreme emotional reactions. So how that integrative approach can work within those type of balances? For the first one, I think one of the things that's happening very often is that we first of all want to know which is right. Either who is right, like again, that can be am I right or is the other person right? And we're trying to prove as if there's one answer. But if I'm looking from that perspective, then my balance again becomes a tightrope because if I say one thing, but then new information comes up and it turns out not to be true, then I have to go the other way. So it's again because I look at two poles. So here the integration can come from if I can really look at how do I view this situation? 
based on my own beliefs, my own opinions. This is not necessarily the only way and the best way, but it is for me. But if I then from that can see, okay, if I have this real curiosity to someone who says something else, can actually look at where are you coming from? What's important to you? Without saying that I don't have to be convinced by that other person that they are more right than I am, but purely opening up. Then if we start seeing that I can respect and understand someone else's point of view or different ways of looking at the world, I still don't have to agree. I can still say, for me, it's different. For me, I need something else. But it makes a very difference than that I'm looking. We either need to start agreeing. So either we need to come again to that tightrope, to that middle point, or I have to go your way or you have to go my way. And otherwise it's not working. Whereas if I can see that the balance comes from how can we be in this situation? Brilliant. And I guess that will follow with the kind of balanced emotions that if we can be approaching it from that perspective, rather than concentrating on who is right, who is wrong, we can be much more in peace and calm when it comes to our emotional reactions. Yeah. And actually with emotions, I think one other important thing is when we feel emotions, especially the ones that we judge or perceive as negative, maybe sadness or anger or fear or grief, then we tend to, again, want to walk away from that. But that brings imbalance too. If I deny those emotions, if I either deny them fully, say I don't have them, or I cover them over, then I don't create balance. So balance also sometimes comes from really diving in, especially with emotions, that really balance can come from actually allowing yourself to create some space, some time where you can actually really sit with those emotions and really feel them. First of all, become aware what the emotion you're having actually is. When sometimes we think we're getting angry, but then if we dive a bit deeper, there's actually fear underneath. You see that a lot. Same with sadness. Some people who are really sad, they might actually lash out in what seems to be anger. So it's really important to first and really sit with what's actually here. It can be really tough to actually allow yourself to be truly aware of what you're feeling right now. Because there might be all kinds of things. Oh, I shouldn't feel this way. It's wrong. I don't want to feel this way. And then again, if you're really present and grounded, then you can listen to what do I need right now? Mm. What do I actually need? And then the balance comes. And that's one of the things, for instance, that with my clients and also um, the members in, in the Embrace movement that we work with a lot is actually that, to actually create a safe space. Because it's not something you can just do, oh, sure, I'm just going to sit here and think, okay, what do I feel? Or And sometimes it doesn't work with friends and family either because they have their emotions around it day of their reactions. If you say, oh, I feel really sad and they go, oh no, it will be okay. Don't worry. And that might not be what you need right now to actually really be seen and really be heard and really be held with what's going on for you right now. But afterwards you will notice the balance. Balance so many different things, integrated approach rather than approach of polarization. We have that being in the moment, asking, what do I need right now? How can we be in this together as well? I like that question. Uh, and then also lack of judgment. 
That's so yes. important as well. Mm-hmm. Lack of judgment towards reality that we are in, lack of judgment towards ourselves, lack of judgment towards other people, towards their views, towards their perspective, lack of judgment towards our emotions. What would you say is the biggest impact of balance on our happiness? Well, you're already saying it, lack of judgment. If you think of happiness, have you ever in the moment you were judging yourself or judging someone else? Have you ever in the moment you were judging felt happy? When we talk about being being aware, accepting, and then moving into action and changing, that also goes towards the judgment of judging because, you know, we judge all the time. We all do. So in the moments that you are judging rather than giving out to yourself or again, denying it because you think, no, 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 I'm a good person. I don't do that to actually be honest and say, hey, oh, at this moment in time, I'm judging. Maybe I'm hard on myself or maybe I'm a bit unfair on that person. So to then actually be aware, accept that that's what's happening in that moment and then see, okay, what can I do now? What can I do differently if that's what you want? Or accept that in this moment in time, it's just as it is. I struggled with this for years. There were certain things that happened and it felt unfair. And if I would ask other people, it could easily get people on my side telling me how, yes, no, I was totally in my right and it was so unfair and this should not happen to me. Yet the reality was it was. And I felt unhappy. Whereas in those moments, if I could actually really start with that accepting of my situation, of myself, instead of denying and just keep pushing and then feeling unhappy, because this is another important thing I think around happiness. The only moment in time you can be happy is right now. Yes, so simple, so powerful, yet we forget all the time, isn't it? We keep relieving the memories from the past, thinking, oh, that was really nice. Oh, you used to be so much better. Or we live in the future saying, oh, this is what I'm going to do to plan my happiness when it arrives. Once I do all of those things in life, then I will be happy in the future. But you're right, the only moment that we have to be happy is right now. And it's amazing how that balance, that non-judgmental approach and that acceptance approach can really help us make sure that we are happy right now. And being in the moment, because that's hard, as you say, we're in the past or in the future. And I think there's the difference, right? Again, and this is where you know whether you're in balance or not. I mean, of course, I think of things from the past and I can really fondly reminisce on the past and there's nothing wrong with that but if I'm doing that in a way of like oh how amazing that was and oh now I don't have it (laughs) whereas if it's just that it's a nice memory and I'm enjoying it if I compare the past to what's now or if I compare the present to what I want to happen in the future instead of maybe just make nice plans I mean I'm making nice plans for the weekend and they may happen they may not but it's fun to make plans as well If I am attached to the outcome, or as you said, if I'm making plans right now and think, oh, once that's happening, then I'll be happy, instead of just being happy making the plans. I love that phrase, being the ancestor of your future happiness in this moment. Mm. So by doing something, I am the ancestor of my future happiness right now. So many different levels of balance. What about balance in a society? So I know that this is a little bit more complex, but still, what if we live in a society that is not balanced? 
So in society, whatever gender you're identifying as, you all may have experienced some exclusion or discrimination. We have a charity recently set up, uh, Ready for Female Leadership, and it was set up because we actually wrote a book called Ready for Female Leadership, The Future is Now, which is a collection of essays uh, written by 28 authors, men and women. And this is all about the promotion of gender balance and coming from different perspectives. And it looks at the angle from the experiences of women in companies, especially sometimes in maybe tech companies and higher executive positions where there still is that imbalance between the genders, but also from, uh, for instance, a male perspective of to be more comfortable and more accepting of also expressing uh, your feminine qualities, because whatever gender you are, man, woman, or whatever other gender, you have feminine and masculine qualities and, and they are still being judged in different ways and also in different professions. Whereas now it's it's coming more and more that people realize also in much higher executive levels and in different companies and in different industries, they start realizing more and more that a balance between those what are considered more soft skills or more soft qualities and the more firm or harder qualities or energies, that there's a balance is actually much more effective for everyone. And it's more healthy and that people, both men and women or whatever other gender, that people feel more healthy when they can have that balance between those different qualities. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think that diversity of thought starts with balance. And I, I really love that. So Tessa, I'm very much interested now about some practical steps that you can recommend to our listeners of how to find more balance in life or how to create more balance in life? I think creating balance starts with letting go or moving away, if you like, from thinking what you think you should be doing or needing. Oh, I should take more time for this or I should do more that. But whatever you think practically what you should be doing to actually start and go, why do I think that? And what do I feel? The most practical step is start this honesty to yourself. Don't worry about what you say to other people. Don't worry if you own up to things or not. But like the moment you feel like doing something that you might consider not healthy for you, stop and think, why do I want to do that? Do I actually want to do that or am I covering up? Because, you know, the reason most people become out of balance is that because, for instance, if you're working late, it's not the actual work because we all know the work is never done. So it doesn't matter what time you work until, but it's mostly there's something behind it of I maybe I want to be seen as a hard worker by my colleagues or my boss, or maybe I get my own self-worth feeling to myself. From working hard. I somewhere I have this belief that I should not be lazy. So to first start to say, hey, why do I feel this need to do that? Right? And then to also see, look, I always have a choice. Stop for a moment. I can either close my laptop right now or I can continue working. It's my choice. And I'm not right or wrong, even if I know it would be better for me to close my laptop and go home if I decide now 
to give in to my worry of what might happen otherwise, then maybe that worry is so big that right now I just need to keep working. But just already owning up to that you are making the decision is helping you to start also feeling because you will start feeling discomfort then. You will start feeling, but yeah, no, but, and your head will start, your mind will go, no, but really, no, it's like, because I can't do this or that. And if you say, well, there's very little in life where we really don't have any choice. And this is where the responsibility comes to that kindness. So I think that's the next practical thing is to always tell yourself, you know, I am doing the best according to my abilities at this moment in time. Because, for instance, again, I do a lot of spiritual work and I do healing work and coaching. But I also have my days where I snap at my partner or I get cranky, right? I'm definitely no Dalai Lama. And even he says he gets angry sometimes, <laughs> right? So I think it's important to realize that, for instance, the knowledge that, again, on a day where I don't feel well, my abilities are less. I have less capacity to deal with certain things, to, so to, to tell yourself, to actually remind yourself, I'm doing the best I can according to my abilities at this moment in time. And if you then feel some friction that you kind of go, well, actually I could do a little bit better. Well then do if you want, mm -hmm. right? But if you notice that it feels like you can't, then recognize and you say like, you know what? At this moment in time, I don't have that capacity. Okay, so we have two very important uh, pieces of advice, being honest with yourself and then that kindness, recognizing that this is what I can or cannot within this particular moment of time. My final question, Tessa, because the unhappiness is all about answering this very bold question of what makes us happy. Can you tell us what makes you happy? Ah, you know, I really noticed what makes me most happy is those moments where I can really feel that real connection. In the past, I always thought I was most happy when something would happen. So this could be someone says something really nice. Oh, if I get that really nice book, well, then I'll be happy. But now I notice my most happy moments are where things are in balance and in harmony. I walk in the forest and suddenly the sun shines through the leaves and there's that moment where I see that color. I sense it in my whole body, my whole being, right? That to me now is true happiness. And pancakes, eating pancakes always makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So we have being in the moment, really looking for those little moments of inflow of balance and uh, pancakes. Why not? Thank you so much, Tessa. It was absolutely lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much, Claudia. It was wonderful to be here. Massive thank you to Tessa for sharing her very insightful perspective on balance. And on the basis of what we've learned in this episode, here are three ideas of how you can find more balance and be happier in the moment. So I dare you to, first of all, notice moments when you are judging yourself others or you're surrendering and in that moment stop and think what do I need right now as Tessa said we cannot be happy and judgmental in the same time and research shows that trying to avoid suppress or control our negative emotions 
causes the mind to think about difficult events for longer, rethinking them over and over again. So stopping and thinking to acknowledge the emotions and asking, what do I need right now, can help us to find more balance in the present moment. Second one, and this one I know I struggle with a lot, so this tip is very, very useful for me. When being harsh on yourself, that you should have or shouldn't have and you really need to, write down three reasons why are you doing your best according to your abilities in this moment in time. And the final one, I dare you to next time when being faced with different opinion to your own rather than disagreeing and presenting evidence that the other person is wrong, ask, okay, what is important to you? And how do you think our views can be complementary to each other? Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode brought you some happiness. If yes, do share it with me. You can leave End Happiness a review on Apple Podcasts or share your insight on Instagram with End Happiness Official. And really sharing what you think about the show and what is your happiness journey. Seriously, that would really make my day. So please, 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 please get in touch. Have a fantastic the rest of your week and I hope to see you in the next episode, Creativity and Happiness. I'll have another very exciting guest who will be helping us to dive into a research around why creativity is inherent to our survival and how to find more creative capacity in our life to boost our well-being. See you next time. I dare you to be happy. Bye.